This is the Deep Dive with Brooke Spector. Investigative conversations about issues that impact our lives. Be curious. Friday mornings at 9 a.m. Only on 101.9 High FM. Good morning, everybody. This is indeed Brooke Spector, and we are here with the Deep Dive on High FM. And today we have a double bill for you. We want to have two conversations. Our first conversation will be with John Stremlau, the Honorary Professor in International Relations at Wits University. And not surprisingly, we want to talk a little bit about the late Mikhail Gorbachev and his impact on Russia, on the world, and in, in fact, the parallels to South Africa in its changes at about the same time. But also, we're going to talk to Emilia Potenza, and she is the curator at the Apartheid Museum. And the Apartheid Museum, of course, uh, has been around for a number of years. It was the number one tourist attraction in Johannesburg. It's a combination both of the history and circumstances of the social and political issues of apartheid, but it's also a history of the city of Johannesburg. And uh, between the two of them, there's this wonderful uh, frisson of a vibration, I think. And uh, now that it is now back in full operation virtually, uh, and people are attending it again, I want to talk to Amelia about what exhibits are on now and what they have planned for the future. But first, let's get uh, John Stremlau on the air. Uh, John's joining us by phone, I believe. Craig, do you have John there? Okay, we do have John. That's great. Good morning, and, and thanks for having me. No, it's a, it's a pleasure. Uh, John has, let me, by, by virtue of introduction to audience members who may not know him, John's had a long career in both the United States and in South Africa. In the U.S., uh, he was associated with the Carter Center in Atlanta, Georgia, for some years. And uh, before that, he was a, a senior official in the policy and planning staff of the Department of State. And he had time with a major American foundation. And then uh, moving to South Africa, he taught at BITS for a number of years. And now he's He's listed as Honorary Professor of International Relations. I, I mean, I suspect that means he still teaches, but they don't pay him as much. But they give you an office and a nameplate, so it works out fine. That's right. That's right. And I am retired. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I understand that, that phenomena rather well. Given your experience and given your your uh, your ability to take that long look across the horizon. I, I want to pose two questions for you. Mikhail Gorbachev passed away at the beginning of this week, just about at the age of 92. He was just a little bit shy of that. And he had an enormously important uh, role in change in the Soviet Union as it became Russia, effectively. Uh, change on in the Soviet Union, change uh, in the world, and an effect on South Africa as well at about the same time. Put your mind to work on this and perhaps some thoughts on both his place and role in history and his impact on South African events as well. Well, thanks very much, uh, Brooks. And, and let me begin by saying to uh, 
your listeners that if uh, they want to get a good overview of Gorbachev's significance, read today's Daily Maverick uh, with Mikhail, Mikhail Gorbachev, The Mysteries of a Revolutionary Reformer by J. Brooks Spector. And, and that is a really good summary of, uh, of, of Gorbachev's career, but also his importance. Now, I've got to tell I you that, that. I, <laughs> I, I've got to tell you that I, I, I watched this unfold from a very interesting perch. You mentioned the policy planning staff. I had joined in the, um, in the Bush one administration in 1989, so over 30 years ago. And I didn't keep any records, by the way, so that I don't have any records of, of my, my, my time there. But at the moment that I joined, um, there was changes underway in the former Soviet Union. But we had no idea, certainly not in Baker's office, of what might unfold. So it was very perplexing time. And um, in fact, uh, you mentioned in your article that you were in, 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 in Kruger at one point at a critical juncture in, in, um, in, in the unfolding events in, in the former Soviet Union. I remember very distinctly on November 9th, I was entertaining or hosting a group of, of Soviet policy planners at the State Department for informal talks about what keeps us awake at night, that kind of thing, in different parts of the world. And somebody handed me a note and said that the Berlin Wall had been broached. And so I reported that to the group, and they didn't say anything. They were, they were a bit dumbfounded, too. But it was um, a, a good illustration of how history is, as Toynbee famously said, one damn thing after another. And there was a scramble in the, in the policy planning staff to try to make sense out of what was going on but also in recognition of Gorbachev's significance as a reformer, which, uh, as, as you know, was greeted when he first came to power. It, it was greeted skeptically in Washington. But then uh, as Reagan got to know him, and even more so Bush and, and, and Baker, Baker became very close to and a very real supporter of, 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 of Gorbachev's reforms, and and uh, and and no one in in the in in the department wanted to put undue pressure on him because he was walking such a a, a terribly tight rope uh, as he proceeded. But I thought to, to to segue to your second question, Brooke, that your um, references at the end to the parallels between F.W. the Clerk and and Gorbachev are are really very pertinent. And worth uh, us talking a bit, but I, I, I would hope you would, because you've thought about it probably more than I have. What did strike me about the significance of the collapse of the Soviet Union was from more from an ANC perspective and from uh, uh, the perspective of the Nationalist Party with regard to the Cold War as a cover for the continued alliance between the U.S. and uh, apartheid South Africa which had already started to fray under the light of the anti-apartheid movement in the U.S., but also um, that, that that knocked the pillar out of any prayer of international support that the nationalists might have, at that late stage, still thought might be possible. Uh, it, 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 uh, you know, Margaret Thatcher 
had found Gorbachev someone she could work with, so she was not going to come come rallying to to South South Africa, and and the ANC wasn't going to get the kind of support from uh, uh, the Soviet Union once it disappeared that they could have expected. They were uncertain too. So I think the timing of Gorbachev was a critical element in at least helping to advance the transition down here. But that's a counterfactual. It's very hard to prove. I just wanted to mention it. Uh, let me just pause for a second. We have a we have to do our commercial messages, but I, I, when, while we're doing that, think about this: How much influence do you suppose the change in the Soviet Union to Russia had on the minds of the opposing sides in South Africa in any sort of conscious way? I mean, it's it's hard to engage in that kind of pop psychology, but uh, give it give it a whirl. This is The Deep Dive with Brooke Spector. And we are back live uh, in, in the studio. Well, actually, I'm in the kitchen, and the studio is where it is, and John Stremlau is at his home or his office, uh, Miracle of Modern Communication, and we're talking to Professor John Stremlau, Honorary Professor of International Relations at WITS, and we've been talking, uh, not surprisingly, about the impact of Mikhail Gorbachev, the man who passed away the other day, just about at the age of 92. He'd seen rather a lot. He'd gr- grown up during Stalin and lived to see the end of the Soviet Union. Uh, and we were uh, contemplating the impact, the importance of the changes there on the way change, negotiation, and conflict was occurring in South Africa at almost exactly the same time. John, what do you think went through the minds of the people here as they saw the unexpected implosion of the Soviet Union? I can only speculate, Brooks, as you rightly say, and it is counter, uh, counterfactual to, to uh, hypothesize what might have been the case down here if Gorbachev hadn't broken up the Soviet Union. But in fact, uh, I, I think that it was probably very significant because on the one hand, the ANC historically had looked to the Soviets for um, uh, aid and for comfort and for training. I, I, I recently debated um, at our ANC branch, uh, Ronnie Kastrels, about the um, uh, Ukrainian crisis. And he waxed on about uh, the, the nostalgically about the being trained in in Odessa in 1964, and and so the the, the the ties were very deep to the old Soviet Union. But then Gorbachev came along, and he gave a run to the uh, nationalist aspirations of of, um, of of certainly the Eastern European countries. Uh, and uh, that was certainly rooted in, in ethnic nationalist modern state international or regional order. Down here, the, 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 the nationalist party um, was a democracy for whites and for um, citizens, and, and blacks were not. The ANC took a much more inclusive sense of non-racialism, and I think that was strengthened by the end by by what Gorbachev was doing. But it, it, at the same time, the ANC was 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 coming to terms with the fact that they wouldn't have Big Brother anymore uh, to be uh, as an assistant. 
and um, and and I hope that the that the Nationalist Party realized that they they as I said before they 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 no longer had the Cold War allegiance that had uh, carried them through the colonial period and uh, and in the post colonial but Cold War period uh, when they they could claim to be uh, the the allies of the West. In fact. Uh, I, I went from uh, a visit to the Soviet Union to Ofut Air Force Base by coincidence for a Council on Foreign Relations meeting, and we saw films of how the U.S. was preparing itself for a possible nuclear attack. And I said, where'd you get these films? They look very convincing you know, coming across uh, in, into Europe and, and uh, beyond from the Soviet Union. And he said, well, they got it from their ally, South Africa. So that, you know, the, the, the relations were all in flux at that moment. And I think to the great credit of Nelson Mandela, of course, who had the wisdom to seize the opportunity to um, pitch an, an inclusive uh, formula and compromise. And whether that would have happened as easily and as quickly as it did, absent the collapse of the Soviet Union, what's your view? I have a feeling that things were ripe for change here, but it was the it was sort of the critical jumpstart of what happened in the Soviet Union. It, it, it created in, in many people's minds a, a realization that stuff was not foreordained, that uh, apartheid obviously wasn't going to last forever, uh, and the, the close tie with the, with the then Soviet Union wasn't going to support uh, the ANC and other organizations forever that there was a moment now. Had that not happened, the conflict would have gone on and eventually people would have come to the table in one way or another, but it would have been harder, nastier, and a longer slog. Providentially, it it happened there and then it happened here. Uh, yep. that's, that's my reaction. But uh, I, I go back again to that period where it... What happened in the Soviet Union was this enormous shockwave in people's minds that, you know, whole societies can change in a heartbeat. Things can happen you don't expect, and then suddenly that's the new reality. And then you have to either make an adjustment to it or become a casualty of history. That's right. And, 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 and Putin's success and succession, in, in, in retrospect, uh, means that Again, the, the reversal happened very, very quickly and and, and very negatively. And certainly, uh, uh, the, the the current policy toward uh, of South Africa toward uh, Ukraine uh, leaves me uh, scratching my head as to uh, why they wouldn't uh, stand up, why South Africa wouldn't stand up for for territorial integrity and sovereign equality as the foundation for building gradually through political means, uh, greater association, integration nationally and internationally. But uh, that's just uh, an aside. John, I know you have to go, but I want to just ask one quick question before you, before you leave us and we move on to our next topic. Do you suppose there'll, do you suppose there'll ever be a monument in, in Russia to Mikhail Gorbachev? I know that uh, Vladimir Putin is not attending his funeral, for example. <laughs> yeah, I don't expect any time soon, Brooks. And and from I just listened to, to, to Sarah Schmeman last night at the New York Times on on this, and and he is Gorbachev is revered around the world, 
for his for his progressiveness and his and his willingness to 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 foster reform. But um, uh, within the Soviet Union, he is uh, a non-person um, uh, today, and uh, and derided and disdained, as far as we can tell. Although it's very very hard to know what the real psychology of the Soviet of the Russia is. I'm sorry, of Russia, because it is is part of now Putin's effort to reconstitute what he can of the former uh, uh, Soviet uh, empire. Someday, maybe. Uh maybe there'll be that monument. I just, I hope so, but uh, I, I'm not entirely sure that that's a, that's a guarantee either. It would have to be great. after reform uh, that, that Gorbachev envisioned, but he didn't really have an idea of how to carry the Soviet, the Soviet Union forward as a unit that he, I don't think he really thought the disintegration of the Soviet Union was likely. And that's a whole other story for, that you cover in your article on, on Yeltsin's rise, but um, the collapse happened certainly very quickly, and it did happen very quickly down here. And I thought your comparisons with F.W. de Klerk and, uh, and Gorbachev were very apt. Well, I appreciate the, appreciate the compliment and the free plug, and uh, listeners should be aware I did not pay John anything for that compliment. <laughs> no, 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 but you're, 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 you're providing a good service, <laughs> Brooks, and, and I appreciate your commentary very much. So uh, keep well, and, and thanks for calling. No, you take care, John. Thanks again. Bye-bye.